everybody, and welcome back to the Films with Ferrara podcast after a technology-driven two-week hiatus, which we'll lead the show off to discussing. I'm, as always, your host, Dominic Ferrara, the editor-in-chief of filmswithferrara.wordpress.com, and joining me, as always, is our senior editor, Mr. TJ Blankenship. Hello. Okay, guys, so, so here's what happened last week. Ooh. For those of you that don't know, uh, we use Anchor to create our podcasts which is a, an app for podcast creation. And they released a brand new, a massive update last week. And we, I, I did the update, went to record last week, and it crashed. Uh, we attempted four separate times last week to record the podcast, and no recording went longer than 10 minutes. So uh, we decided we would push the main crux of last week's episode, which was the Black Panther review, to this week, and we're, we're along with some Oscar predictions. We're going to do both uh, in, during this episode. So, yeah, sorry that we didn't push out an episode last week. It was really uh, just a technology thing. And uh, hopefully this one will actually work. Don't jinx it. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> Done. Oh, concrete, that's the only thing I have next to me. Oh, no. No, we my, my building's made out of, like, bricks, so, like, all of the walls are cinder block. Oh, no. no we oh, have, like, wood oh, stuff no, here. Oh, no, it's great. So. You can't hear anybody, anything oh. anybody else is doing. It's great. Well, that's, well, that's nice. Yeah. I came downstairs after watching Atlanta, and there were guys running a 40-yard dash in my hallway, so that was fun. Oh, my dorm is the honors dorm, so, like, everybody is quiet. So, here's how the show's going to break down today, guys. Uh, we're going to do some movie news. Uh, not a ton, but some pretty big stories that broke this week. Not a lot of stories, but big ones. Um, and then I'm going to, t- not TJ, because uh, TJ has, isn't caught up, but I'm going to recap tonight's season two premiere of Atlanta on FX, one of my favorite shows on television. And then it's up to, we'll, we'll decide during the pod what order we want to go in, but we're going to do our Black Panther review with spoilers at this point. It's been, you've had two weeks to see the movie. You're... If you haven't seen it yet, what, what are you doing, honestly? And, uh, and Oscar predictions in all categories, which will be fun as we get to BS our way through short film predictions. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun. I always love those. You usually, there, there is, there's usually one that's like the clear front runner. Yeah, this year. Like but I, this year, I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I haven't been reading up on the trades recently. Yeah. Which is bad. Probably bad on my part, but whatever. Um, so let's go ahead and get started with the, the big story of the day. Okay, so I was sitting in my English class when this one broke, or when it started to break, I should say. This, was a, this, this broke over time, uh, and Dustin it's, Sandoval, who runs marketing over at Disney and Marvel and Lucasfilm, he doesn't run okay. it, but he's I was, I was one of them. I if this is what I thought it was, but yeah, okay. Yeah, it's one of the marketing people over there. He tweeted out a GIF where he, of the guy reclining with the popcorn and he starts eating and i'm like okay some i'm thinking there's about to be a huge announcement like they're gonna lock in the black widow movie or something no i wasn't expecting that i knew it had to be something with like something that's coming up which i mean black widow is coming up within the next two years well i mean something like sooner right like they were moving ant-man and the wasp i thought it was that right um but then marvel studios next tweet is like who's excited to see Infinity War on May 4th, and they clearly they had this planned out with Robert Downey Jr., and oh, they totally. start a little back and forth with Robert Downey Jr., he's like, can, we, can I see it sooner? And they go, how about April 27th? He goes, with friends? And they're like, these friends? The, uh, 
Avengers. The Avengers, like the the main like big running shot. And he goes, "Now, nah, how about the whole world?" And they go, "All right, done." The mo- Avengers: Infinity War now hits theaters on April twenty seventh. So the movie has moved up a week. Um, gets it away from Deadpool and Solo. It clears out a little bit of space. Uh, April is a dead zone this year. So yeah. the only thing it was going up against was an, was that horrendous looking Amy Schumer movie. I feel pretty. And uh, that oh man, the one that I completely oh my gosh, you can ask my girlfriend. I when we saw Black Panther together, and that trailer came up, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, Amy Schumer." I said, "Oh my god, Amy Schumer." <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> she said, "I'd watch that for free." I said, "I'm totally not going to watch it at all." Correct. <laughs> uh, and they moved that movie up a week to 4:20, which is the only it- day it's that movie could reasonably come out. I mean, but it's going against Super Troopers 2, so we'll see. Like, Super Troopers 2 is going to be a massive box office draw. Yeah. No one's going to the movies that weekend because everyone's going to hold off for Infinity War. Yo, so about what time was that news announced today? That was at about 3 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, I had just gotten out of my English class. I was like, huh, why is my Twitter blowing? Oh. Oh. And then I read that. Then I read that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, It was a, a... a, a wonderful piece of news. Not anything I was expecting, but it makes. Oh per- no, I had I had no idea. It makes perfect like, sense I, on Disney's end, basically because they had. When the- we were talking about Deadpool two, didn't I say, "Oh yeah, they might move Infinity War." Listen, I feel like Deadpool two is probably the second biggest movie of the summer behind Infinity War. Oh, I agree. War. Behind Infinity War, it's the second biggest. I agree. I'd say Deadpool two is more anticipated than Solo at this point, and uh, Solo's not going to make. It's going to make money because it's Star Wars, right. but other than that, it's not going to make anything. Uh, it's uh, you know getting a third week in between that and Deadpool, and don't be surprised if Deadpool wants to move up another week to get away from Star Wars now. Uh, but this is. This is actually solid, a really solid move by Marvel. Take taking a look at a very weak weekend heading into the summer and a fish and just Get pouncing on week. it. Um, it also means officially Avengers: Infinity War comes out next month. I I have so much going on next month. I'm so excited. I can't handle it. Like I can't contain my excitement. And uh, I would expect the the final at this point trailer maybe this weekend. Because they now, uh, with the move, with tickets, I mean, with the... Wait, hold up. What if it gets released during the Conference Bowl tournament? That is next weekend. I th- I'm week. thinking this Saturday, either d- during one of the two big basketball games on Saturday night, whether that be UNC and Duke or Celtics Rockets. I think those would both be a good place to, to, to officially announce tickets are now on sale. Because I think they have to drop a trailer uh, or something wait, that says tickets, wait, are, tickets now are now on sale. on sale for, for Avengers? It, not yet. Oh, oh! Uh, you said tickets are now on sale. That's what I'm saying. I think that they need a trailer. I was, I was about to dip out of this podcast right. for a second and go ahead and pre-order my right. game. I'm, I'm saying that they need a trailer to do that, like Star Wars does. Yeah. And I, um, I would imagine that has to come in the next week or so, right? And they already used the, went the Good Morning America route. So either they go on Kimmel, which I, I don't think they're going to do right before the Oscar. I don't think Kimmel's running shows next week. Maybe maybe they do it during the Oscars Sunday night. They could do it during the Oscars. That'd be a big power play. That'd be a pretty massive play. I think they're either going to go basketball or Oscars. I, I think those are the two two ways to go. Or they're going to wait. 
and they just won't. Uh, well, that would be stupid. Honestly, if I were no, Bumble, I, I would have had tickets on. I would have announced this move like three weeks ago, and I would have had tickets on sale like the day Black Panther came out. Because I would have purchased tickets immediately after leaving the theater. Or yeah, and what they could have done is they could have released the second trailer with Black Panther. Which and is then, what I thought they were going to do. Then at the end of that trailer, be like, yo, tickets on sale now. I think it's a guarantee this trailer goes with Wrinkle in Time next weekend. Oh, I guarantee it. So we're guaranteed. If they're moving, if they're that confident, they're moving up the release date a week to where it's next month. The trailer has to be done. Correct. And the movie has to be basically done at this point. If not done, then pretty damn near completion. Um, again, it's a great move by Marvel. It clears out a little bit of space. Uh, before Deadpool. Increases the capacity of the hype train. Right, and now it's official with the... Now that it's a week sooner, everyone on Twitter was very excited this afternoon. And and this was not the only big date Disney move today. Disney uh, went ahead and staked flags for the next five years' worth of movies today. For Marvel movies or just movies in general? For movies in general. They set release dates up through 2023 today. Yep, uh, which is just insane. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the. I'm going to, I'm going to be 24. Oh my god! Correct. Um. All right. So here are the big. Obviously, Infinity War goes to April 27th. Mulan goes from. It was originally set for this November. There was obviously no way it was going to make that date. Um. It's now set for March 27th, 2020. Um, the, I, be- I believe you're correct. I'm gonna look. I, I, I'm, I have it up on Boxoffs Mojo, March twenty seventh, twenty twenty. That's exactly what I was just pulling up. Yeah. Um, the untitled Disney Tune movie they had for spring. I'm sure that will just get moved, but right now it got pulled from the release schedule. Unless they want to save it for the streaming service. Um, they, I wouldn't be surprised for that. They also pulled the Cole, the the Anna Kendrick Santa movie, off the schedule. That is for sure. Deadline said a couple weeks ago that was going to go to the streaming service that launches yeah. next year. Disney Nature's Penguins comes uh, coming next April, so we get some nice. And then just a slew of untitled Disney live action, untitled animated, untitled, uh, untitled Pixar from 2019 all the way up through uh, 2023. There's actually a live action spot. Untitled, staked out for uh, November 8th next year now, which was the Nicole slot. Um, the only one I can think would be getting close. There are a couple, but it would I could only think it would be uh, Thomas Kale's uh, Oliver Twist, the hip-hop Oliver Twist, or uh, if they want it, if Emma Stone can shoot Cruella this year, that would that could fit there too. When hold on, I'm trying. I'm looking at the schedule now because I'm trying to find something. next November, untitled. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when Lion King was coming out. That's some. That's July of 19. That did not yeah. move. That's not moving. Yeah, I was gonna say like maybe maybe it was that, but we. Uh, I was looking through July of 19 yesterday. Anyways, um, the other day because we were just laughing about Paramount for a little bit. Basically, hashtag pray for Paramount. Yeah, pray for Paramount. Oh, we. Oh, I forgot to talk about this one in the in the rundown. We're gonna. We need to discuss a big Paramount news this week. We'll, we'll discuss that after this. Huge one. Huge yeah. piece of Paramount. News. I know exactly what you're talking about. And we'll I'm, talk about that I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, but like it's basically July next year. Looks like 
Homecoming 2, Spider-Man, yep. which is going to obviously make a lot of money. Also, the title is going to change. Uh, yes, it will, in- inevitably. I guarantee you they'll reveal it as soon as they reveal Avengers 3 or, or Avengers 4. Well, they can't even wait for Avengers 4. They're go- the- that will be done by the end of the year. They'll announce that title. That will probably be done, prob- I'm going to say, at- probably a month after. Uh, I'd be willing to bet they'll announce the official title at Comic-Con. Yeah, that's what I said about a month or so after. I'm um, just, I'm fascinated to know when, because Marvel has other movies that got to start getting up for 2020 and beyond. They got to they be careful about not spoiling Avengers 4. Like, how far, how much are they willing to announce at Comic-Con this summer? That's what I'm really interested I'm to know. I'm guessing title and a trailer. Uh, well, there won't be a Spider-Man trailer. They won't have anything ready. I'd be willing to bet all the money on a Captain Marvel trailer of some sort. Oh, yeah. I, I, all the money, yeah. That's seven months out? Yeah. yeah. All of the money on a Captain Marvel trailer at Comic-Con. Because Comic-Con's, what, about July-ish? Yes. So it'd be, it'd be like seven months out. Yeah. Yeah, no, Captain America will, or Captain America, sorry, Captain Marvel will be basically done shooting. It'll be in post-production by then. Right, they'll have, they'll have a trailer done. They'll have a trailer done. Even know. if it's, you know, how the Black Panther one was where it wasn't like, it was like unfinished CGI and all that. Well, the Black Panther one, they pretty much just showed a lot of like the casino fight scene with Kendrick in the background with yep. DNA. By the way, yep. related Big announcement, we're going to start putting music at the end of the episodes instead of just closing on, on that awkward uh, enjoy the movies. We're going to do that, but we're going to have some, some fire beats following us up. It's going to be wonderful. All right. So get, get excited. King, I have King's Dead lined up for after this one. So Black yes. Panther related since we have the Black Panther review in this episode. Um, I'll help you decide what it is every week. Absolutely. With how our rundown works. I wanted to do the Black Panther this week. It was obviously important. Oh, no, I completely agree with your decision. Like, I'm not going to argue with you tonight. Uh, also, I have a headache. So. So, sorry about Futures Verse, though, guys. I hate to do that to you. <laughs> um, but no, um, I, I'd just be interested to see how far Marvel's willing to go This this at Comic-Con. They, I think they have to I announce. Guarantee, I guarantee there will be a title release. There will be, like, concept release. I Maybe I, a, a, a teaser trailer not a trailer trailer but a teaser I'm, trailer right, i'm confident for spider-man stuff i'm confident that we'll get guardians 3 stuff i'm confident we'll i don't know i'm not well, so that's certain at least about I'm, guardians 3 stuff i'm convinced that they will because james gunn's already said it's coming out in 2020 i'm just thinking maybe probably not a title but a confirmed release date um, it's gonna be volume three or it's gonna be like an actual title i would guess they just go volume three I would assume so too, but um, I feel like that'd that, be the best way to go. He's, and he's I'd be said that 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 is a in twenty twenty. He's already confirmed right. that. And, and I'd be willing. That's probably that's probably the five twenty nine twenty. Right, and I would be willing to bet some decent money that uh, that they're going to announce Black Widow, and that's as far as they'll go. This, I I, I think the, they'll the announce how far they get with the Black Widow deal, though. Well, that's it's like, done. They have a script. They just got to get a director. And I think oh, that, did they like officially hire him though? They've officially hired a screenwriter. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. There will be at least a little bit of black. So they will. They will say something that it's coming. I think they'll be willing to announce things up through twenty twenty and like a lock to come back. Like I. I think, dude, honestly, and they might do up to twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. To be yeah. honest, the, the like, they're remember gonna... the whole Civil War debacle and that huge showcase. Well, they'll show us the. They, well, I don't think they want to, they want, I think they're only going to reveal, like, characters that are locked to get out of the movie. Like, I'd, be, I'd be willing to bet, I don't know if it's going to be 2020, I'd be willing to bet they'll announce Black Panther 2. 
Oh, yeah. If they yeah, can get it for 2020, if they can lock Kugler in, then yes. Maybe not 2020. Actually, no, that's too, that's too quickly. 21, yeah. So maybe Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'd say probably Doctor Strange. I figured that'd be next, but yeah. Maybe Iron Man 4, maybe. No, maybe. but that, like I said, that July, it's Homecoming 2, and then Paramount buffers with a, fuck, with a stupid Top Gun sequel. And is, then, that, is, that, is that our pray for Paramount news? Uh, no, that's not. It gets better. Wait, no, it's further 2019 greatness. Um, and then The Lion King. Yeah. And then Paramount buffers again with a, with a new Terminator movie. Going up against a Fast and Furious spinoff that is guaranteed to make more money than a new Terminator movie. Which one? It's a Fast and Furious spinoff. It's going to be The Rock and Jason Statham. I haven't even seen a single Fast and Furious movie. And they have a director on that movie. I forget who it is. Give me one second. Um, David Leach, I think it is. The, the guy that did Deadpool 2, I think, is the guy that yeah. they have lined up. Dang, that might actually be decent then. If I'm not mistaken. So, uh, but the, we'll get to, the but like we said, the muy importante, we're, we're going to get to Paramount right now. This is way too, <laughs> by the way, yes, David all right, Lee, all right, guys, we have a running trend on this podcast called hashtag pray for Paramount because, because Paramount they're screwed, stupid stuff, very stupid. And, uh, they, they've outdone themselves, kids. They announced true, a, a, a truly great piece of news this weekend, August 2nd, 2019, next summer. They're releasing a live-action Dora the Explorer movie. That news. Written by Nick Stoller, who wrote Neighbors and directed Neighbors. Directed by James Bobbin, who directed the two new Muppets movies, both of which I like. But that's, that's not Neighbors, what they're... Neighbors wasn't horrible. It wasn't that bad, actually. The, that's not where the hilarity ensues. The production right. company behind this movie is Platinum Dunes. And Platinum Dunes is run by Michael Bay. Yup. There is a Michael Bay Dora the Explorer movie in the works. That's all. It's not even in the works. It's happening. Yeah. And it's like, coming out next year. What oh a glorious God. time. <laughs> Dominic, aren't you just in love with the time that we live in? It's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? A real life Michael Bay Transformers. Uh, not Transformers. We, we got those. Many of those. Dora the Explorer movie. We still have to wait for Bumblebee to come out. That still hasn't come out. And they announced that like 10 years ago. Bumblebee is this December. Yep. I think it's currently slated to go up against Aquaman, which, uh, don't look now, uh, the, th- the early, early test early screening early. buzz on Aquaman is that it's solid. It's that it's actually pretty good. Which, wow, Warner Brothers hires a good director and lets him do his own thing, and wow, maybe it's a great movie? Wow. Wow, That's- Jason Momoa does something great? Wow. wow, James Wan turned in a great movie. I'm so stunned. Okay, I have to do a side note here because you doing the Owen Wilson wow reminded me of something. Okay. Oh, geez. today in my today in my English class. Oh, okay, not what I thought you were going to. No, today in my English class, we're talking about uh, remix culture. So, like, how people will take old things and transform them into new things. Yep, the greatest. Uh, Great culture we live in, which includes memes. Yep. So we watched the video of the lightsaber meme, Owen Wilson. Incredible. I love video. that video. And he's so. like, hey, is this okay? And we had like a legit like argumentative like debate in class on whether or not it was okay or not. And it was actually like a real solid, like really good conversation. Incredible. I love this. It was amazing. I love this world. I, I love college. <laughs> this is the second semester in a row where I've had to do an argumentative thing on memes. 
Love it. College is wild like that sometimes. We're offering a course on Beyonce here at Carolina next, sem- next semester. So We have a course on comic books. There you go. All right. I can't take it because it's English to right. 200 something, and right. I'm already taking 200. Right. So I just need to take 101. Well, like I said, Aquaman, the early buzz is solid. And speaking of DC, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Deadline reported exclusively last night uh, after, I think it was the Hollywood Reporter the other day, said that Emma Stone had turned down the role of Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2. Deadline reported exclusively last night that Kristen Wiig is in advanced talks to play Cheetah, um, the main villain of Wonder Woman 2. A little bit out of nowhere. I kind of like it. I'm trying to think who Kristen Wiig is off the top of my head. I'm looking up a photo. Remember, for, you know, you're going to recognize her immediately. Oh, I'm sure. I'm just From horrible with names. The lead in Bridesmaids. She was on SNL forever. Um, oh, she was the Justin Bieber. No, that's uh, Kate McKinnon. I keep the two of them confused, honestly. No, she was the Target Lady. Have you ever seen the Target Lady? Target Lady. That's yes. what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. On, on SNL. Uh, she's yeah, hysterical. I, um... Uh, I mean, I've never seen her do action, and I don't know what the role of Cheetah calls for in the screenplay. Action. Right. Uh, just... I can tell you what she is, a very, very athletic Cheetah. And she, I, she seems like she could pull off an athletic part, like, a, like an action part. So, She's very so, uh, fit. So imagine someone that was cursed like Medusa to look like a Cheetah. Very acrobatic, very fast, very like martial art style. Right. Okay. That's Cheetah. That's kind of dope. Yeah, like it's kind of cool. Like, she's basically Wonder Woman's, like, arch nemesis, basically. Right. She's, like, the main Wonder Woman villain outside other, other of than Ares, Ares, which they already did. Which they just did, yeah. Um, no, this is I, – I personally, you know, it's out, okay with this out of left field, but I think she can do good things with it. And comedic act- – okay, But honestly, nowadays with these superhero movies, how many of these castings have been, like, out of left field? And they've right, totally a lot, worked. Right. And, and comedic actors are often – Incredibly capable, amazing dramatic performances. I mean, Robin Williams, Michael Keaton, Michael he was a comedic. Robert, Robin Williams, uh, four Oscar nominations and a win. Yep. Like Robin Williams was a, a truly incredible actor. Uh, Kristen Wiig, I, I think, can pull this off, and I'm excited to see what she does with it. It's it's a different casting choice, but it's one that I I tend to think is a good one. Another example being Paul Rudd. Yep, Paul Rudd was a very Chris good Pratt. Chris Pratt. Um, even Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was very out of it because they were talking with Tom Cruise, I believe, to play Iron Man. I'm so glad they got Robert Downey Jr. It turned out it turned out very well for them. I'm I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan, which Julianne, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> she's a huge Tom Cruise fan. Okay, it depends on the the, the Tom Cruise movie. It very oh, much we watched, depends. We watched American Made a couple weeks ago. It was actually pretty good. I heard it was all right. I had yeah. I have not seen it, not, but I'm not very interesting ever. But I actually I, I enjoyed it because I like the history of it because it's based on a true story. I'm very hyped for uh, our government is. I'm very hyped for Mission Impossible though. Very hype. I've heard the hype things. is very real. Fallout looks dope. Uh, but Robert Downey Jr., like you said, very out of watch casting. And speaking of other Marvel castings, I'm just going to roll through these. Um, Our transitions are great today. It really, they really are. Uh, oh, this is a story. I forgot to put the breakdown. A real Marvel casting. And then we'll get to another story involving a former Marvel casting. Uh, Gemma Chan, who stars on AMC's Humans, uh, has joined the cast of Captain Marvel. 
Did they reveal the role? Uh, yes, actually. Hold on one second. She's basically playing. She's playing a member of the Cree. Uh, the the character's name is Min Irva. Uh, a Cree geneticist and spy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of who it is off the top of my head. Is it like Doctor Minerva? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like blue. I think she's blue. She might be. She I looks know. like she's literally Captain Marvel. I'll send you a picture, honestly. It's fine. No, I, I'm not going to send it right now. I'm just saying, like, right. she's basically Captain Marvel, just the. She's Captain Marvel, but blue. The Cree version. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I got a picture up there. I, I can I can I I can roll with this. Yeah, okay that'll work. Solid casting. Yeah, I haven't watched Humans, but we'll see. I haven't yeah. watched that show. Uh, but the other, I guess, the one I was really going to allude to, Chris Hemsworth, Thor himself, <laughs> is a and with his mighty hammer, uh, is in talks to star as the lead in the new Men in Black reboot, uh, according to the Hollywood oh. Reporter. I'm okay with this decision. Yeah. They appear to be. They want to pair him with a with a black actress, so hmm. uh, they want to go younger. So, they don't want a Tommy Lee Jones type. Um, who do you think would be an interesting choice? But beside, a so, uh, so someone that would be in Chris Hemsworth's position, or somebody to act alongside. Someone him. Someone that goes the black actress that would go alongside him. Gosh, I don't even know, man. My the first thought that popped in my head was Janelle Monet. Yeah. I, I thought about her too. I think she'd be incredible. She would crush in that role, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, you know, the, immediately, you know, your mind goes to like everyone from Black Panther, but they're going to be a little busy. I don't know if you know that. Uh, nah. <laughs> so many great women in that movie that, that just crush it. Okoye is probably my favorite. I love Okoye. She's an incredible... I also love The Walking Dead. So right. that... I can't wait to see Okoye in Infinity War. She's like actually like one of the Avengers in Infinity War. No, she's, no, she's literally an Avenger. It's, which is amazing. She's running alongside Black Panther, Iron right. Man, War Machine, Falcon, right. all of Wakanda. them. So she is an Avenger. Wakanda forever. Um, yes. Yeah, the best. And uh, Shuri, I believe, is also appearing in that movie, which is great. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But... And... Uh, uh, T'Challa's little sister. Yeah, that is Shuri. Oh no, sorry, love interest. Hey, you were thinking of Nakia. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure Lupita Nyong'o's there somewhere. But yeah. no, as I was. As, That's what I meant. I'm sorry. As, yeah, as we were talking about, uh, F. Gary Gray is directing this Men in Black reboot. I think he's perfectly capable of delivering on that, as we yeah, talked what about a few he, weeks what ago. Else has he done? So his last two movies were Fate of the Furious and Straight Outta Compton. Um, straight out of the uh, straight out of the Compton, yeah. yeah. Straight out of Compton was pretty good. Which I actually just caught the last like twenty minutes of. They had it on FX before Atlanta tonight. The movie oh, yeah. really is terrific. Yeah. Um. It just and, and Fate of the Furious. There's only so much you could really do with that as a director. I think Men in Black, you could do creative things. And it's a you know it's a well known franchise. Chris Hemsworth, you know, coming off probably the best Thor, not probably definitely the best Thor movie yet, um, and he he's gonna need to probably do some comedic stuff, and he's very good at comedic stuff. 
Um, as Thor Ragnarok proved, and I also think he was the best part of that Ghostbusters reboot uh, with Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. I thought that was... I, I still don't like that movie. I thought it was okay. I think it's better than everyone, a lot of people said it was, but I, it's, you know, but I, I think... I have a lot of problems with it, but... Right. You know, I honestly think he might have been the funniest thing about that movie, other than Kate McKinnon, obviously. Kate McKinnon and him were the two best parts. All right. And the action in that movie, like, Kristen Wiig did action in that movie, but it was a lot of just, like, you know, with the beams. Like, she didn't have to do a lot of, like... It was a lot of CGI. She didn't have to do anything. She didn't have to do a lot of fight choreography there. That movie really did get made. Wow. Yeah, it it lost Sony a lot of money. Oh, I know. A lot of money. Uh, That's why the PS4 is the only reason they're afloat still. That, I think that movie's part of why they realized they had to go to, to Marvel. Like, they knew they were going to take a rather large hit on that. They needed Spider-Man to come back and hit. I, now they're going back to... And good thing they did, because they split the, part, the profits with Marvel on that. No, and, they get you know. well, they get all of it on uh, the, their main Spider-Man movies. So they, financially, they control all of the Spider-Man movies. And Marvel Marvel gets the profit off of the Marvel Studios movies. Sony gets the profit and also off the merchandise, of right? Uh, Marvel owns the merchandising rights. Sony only owns the film rights. That's what I was saying. So they basically split the money because there's a lot of money in merchandising. Right. That's half the movie profits right there. Right. So. So that's what I'm saying. They just split the profits right. on it. Uh, they're obviously going back to Men in Black, trying to relaunch that franchise. I think that can work. It, I, it can work if they do it right. Right. Um, I'd like more details. Jumanji legitimately came out of nowhere to be a, a monstrous hit for them. Jumanji was actually good. It's actually like a pretty good movie, and it's made over $900 million worldwide. Like, I actually like laughed at that yeah. movie, like, and not in like a bad way. Right. It's a gigantic hit. Yeah. In a way, a I don't think... a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I don't think anyone expected that to, to A, be good... Or B, make that much money. I expected it to make a lot of money. I didn't expect it to be that good. Especially since it came out like a week after Star Wars. Like, it's incredibly impressive what they managed to do. Yeah, like, it's totally like a buffer, like, a buffer time period for a movie. Right. Why would you try and compete with Star Wars? Right, and actually, and and, yeah, it did well. It did really well. Yeah. Basically, you know, held court over the box office for a while until Black Panther came out. Yep. Uh, also, the reason it did so well was because literally nothing came out that was good until Black Panther. Other than Paddington 2, but no one saw Paddington 2. Yeah. Very exactly. upsetting. Very upsetting. I haven't even seen the first Paddington. Very good. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. It's actually very fun. I'll check it out this weekend because right. I got time. All right. So this is – we're going to do this quickly because this is news that has been out in the world for a while um, but is uh, has just been confirmed by studio press release the other night. Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are officially signed on to Quentin Tarantino's next movie entitled Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's officially the title. That's new. Um, the title. And, and which movie of Tarantino's is this? Is this his... Uh... This is his ninth. This is the Manson one. Yeah, that's how I was with that. So basically, uh, Leo's an aging mm-hmm. actor. Brad Pitt's his stunt double. Uh, they're, yeah. you know, they're eight, it's hippie Hollywood, 1969. And yeah. they're trying to work their way through this new Hollywood that they don't understand. 
And Leonardo DiCaprio just so happens to be next door's next door neighbors with Sharon Tate, who obviously was brutally murdered by Charles Mason. Very, very brutally. Very brutally. Um, it, and in the images, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, and appears uh, t- they're still in talks with Marco Robbie to play Sharon Tate. So we'll see how that goes. That that could go very. The way Tarantino does blood, it could go very poorly, actually. Like, this could come across very badly, and it would not be good for him to, for it to come across badly. How many more movies is he doing before he retires? Uh, supposedly two. It's this and then that Star Trek movie, and that's the end. This is then the Star Trek movie, and then that's it? That's su- supposedly. That's what he says. I don't know if I believe him. I don't. Okay. I'm with <laughs> you on that. I don't Considering think... how much how much money he's made the past ten years... Right. Django was a, like a massive success. Django was a freaking fantastic movie. It is, and it made a lot of money. Hateful Eight was okay. Not his finance work, but it wasn't a bad movie. Uh, yeah, I meant okay as in financially, and then uh, okay as in it was okay movie. Right. So. Very, a very yeah. slow burner. Yeah. I knew that wouldn't be a, a long story just because we mentioned a, a lot of that doesn't that past, movie have but... an intermission in it and, and hateful eight does it depending yeah, on the depending on the cut about. you see like if you went to the roadshow version yeah there was an intermission or the what was it 10 millimeter version or whatever you want 70 70, 70 whatever it was all right let's do some trailer talk there was one big trailer that dropped this week uh potentially there could be another one this weekend but uh and this was one I completely forgot about. Thank you because for reminding me because I actually yeah, really, no problem, yeah. actually really liked this trailer. Uh, it's it was hilarious. Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck it, Ralph two, or as I like to they, call it, the better emoji movie. They missed an opportunity to do Ralph wrecks the internet, and then they could have spelled Rex as an R E K T. Oh, that would have been incredible. Yeah, they missed an opportunity. <laughs> but it this trailer is. First of all, like the plot, that was my for one thing. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be very much like the Emoji movie. Just lean into what makes Wreck-It Ralph so special, like the humor and the emotion. And they really leaned into it. So uh, when, when I was watching this trailer, I was really confused about the time period because they, at first it, they made it seem like it was like a 1980s, early 1990s time period. But then it was a whole bunch of like tablets and modern memes. Right now he's just... The, pre- the arcade is so far behind, they're only, like, just now getting Wi-Fi. That's the whole That's point. That's what I'm saying. Um, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi? All right. Um, <laughs> but that's far from the greatest joke in this trailer. Um, oh, no, the greatest joke was the bu- uh, the freaking bunny blowing up. No, well, the, the, the eBay joke was funny, too. And the, the pop-ups, like, the... The ten child stars you you won't believe how six of them are today. I, I died laughing you won't at that believe one. Number six. You won't believe number six. That one killed me. Yeah, that one was <laughs> hilarious. That's Facebook in a nutshell. Correct. I, I that got me. Uh, the eBay joke was very, with the sad kitten painting was very funny. And then, like you alluded to, into my soul. I was so certain, even with it being Wreck It Ralph and being inventive, that the bunny blowing up was going to be a fart joke. I was no. about to get into a deep depression, and then they cut back to the kid with the tablet, and the buddy just blows up. You just see a little light um, flash on the screen, and the kid just starts screaming, and I died laughing. Like, they okay, did it. Let's be honest. Why did that baby look like Moana? It really did look like They might have used the same <laughs> model, which is actually cool. I wouldn't be surprised. Because um, it's probably going to be, like, a one-time, like, that's the only time that kid shows up. That's a nice little Disney Easter egg. 
right yeah. there at its finest. They love doing stuff like that. But uh, now it's just uh, the kitten gets the milkshake. The bunny gets the pancake. Just the way John C. Riley says it. One more stack, and you just see the syrups around its mouth, and you can just see like the displeasure in its eyes, and then it blows up. And the kid. No, when Penelope comes in with the cart of the pancakes, and they cut to the they cut to the bunny's face, and you can just see the fear start to set in. I don't know if it was fear or like oh my god or surprise. It was no, I think it was like a oh my god, don't do this to me. Like like an actual like little fear for that. It was so funny. It was anyway, we highly recommend this trailer. It was really yes, good. Wreck it Ralph. First of all, the first one is it. I love the movie. I love the first one. The best video game movie of all time. And they did not even use this uh movie's like top selling points to like sell this movie. Um like, I still Mar- don't even really know the story. Well, Mario's in there. I guess um, the all of the Disney princesses, every single one, is in this movie. Um, I don't know how that'll work. That'll be great. It's like it's a scene because Vanellope is a Disney princess. Like so, they're like all at like some sort of like Disney princess meeting. The way Ralph's at like the villains meeting in the first one. Uh huh. Like the 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 support group. I honestly I don't know anything about this movie, and I don't want to. <laughs> and uh, I do know because they didn't show him in the trailer, but Calhoun and Fixit Felix, uh, Jack McBrayer and Jane Lynch's character, are they apparently have a subplot together in this one. So yeah. that'll be fun. I'll be interested to see how what they do in this world of the internet. They just, it, I'm excited. This, this it was a good trailer for what appears to be a really good movie. Right, I you know I was very worried. Post emoji movie, knowing the plot of this movie, that this could go very badly. And no, what I do you figure? No, I hope for this movie because no, it's gonna be good. Because Disney actually has good writers. Because wow. Disney actually does good ideas, unlike Sony and Paramount. Wow, the emoji movie actually got made. I'm still in. Just, just, I, hey, just remember, just remember, if you're ever depressed, just remember that the Boss Baby is an Oscar-nominated movie. It's so true. We're gonna get to that in a minute because you could bet some pretty serious odds. I on couldn't. That. Even, I'll be honest with you. I, you know how I try to watch every Oscar-nominated movie, right? Right. Couldn't even get through uh, Boss Baby. How many of the Best Picture nominees before we, get, you know, while we're still here? How many Best Picture nominees did you get to this year? Best Picture noms, almost all of them. I just, I still haven't watched Three Billboards. Other than that, I'm done. Okay, I got through six of them. I, I missed Phantom Thread, Call Me by Your Name, and uh, The Post. Those are all really good. Yeah, which I, you know, I'm happy to have gotten through six of them. That's a solid number. It's a real. How many n- are there total? Eight. It's nine. So six out of nine. nine. That's a, it's a really nice fraction. I got eight out of nine. That's pretty good. Six out of nine. That's a pretty nice fraction if you get where I'm at. Yes, that is good. No, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, I get it now. Ah, <laughs> uh, the internet's a great place, guys. Nice. <laughs> Don't tell me it's not one of like, the best internet memes. It's not it's great. All right, let's do some TV talk. Uh, t- tonight, FX... Still, by the way, we're we're still many many weeks behind on Versace. I have spring break coming up. We're gonna catch up and and roll with the season recap at the end at this point. But Atlanta is not a show. I I'll even... watch it while I'm in Frisco because there you go. We'll probably lose very early right. in the tournament. Correct. We're staying for the entire duration. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Atlanta, it just came back tonight, season two. 
it's first of all, it's much more worth a season one of Atlanta is much more worth a binge than Versace because it's incredible television. Uh, but Robin season, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna try not to spoil it as much as I can. But uh, go. I mean, right. TV. Go ahead. So Donald Glover, he's it's back. Season two. So right. Donald Glover, he's back as Earn. Uh, the manager of an Atlanta rapper named Paperboy, who also happens to be Ern's cousin. Paperboy, Paperboy, all about that Paperboy. Very important uh, that you know that that's his song. That's that's Paperboy's big track. Um, and basically, Paperboy sends uh, sends Ern to go check on their uncle, uh, who happens to be played by Cat Williams in this episode and it is absolutely insane and hysterical and it's everything Atlanta uh, is right down to the David Lynch surrealism of watching an alligator leave a front door. Leave a front door? Leave a house directly through the front door. See you later alligator. It's incorrect. Uh, it is It is everything Atlanta is, is in one episode it feels like um, just it's surreal but it also has some serious issues. Like it puts you right. Uh, the opening, like the first five to seven minutes of this episode really puts you right in the middle of where this season is as a setting. Um, Does in... this take place like directly after season one? No. So this is, this takes place a little bit before Christmas. Uh, Darius played by the great Lakeith Stanfield who got off one heck of a fit. One, a mate, he pulled off, he got, he got a fit off in this episode. That was just glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, great costuming. The uh, but he has a line. He's like, "It's Robin season," which is the name of the season. It's later Robin season. It's right before Christmas. Everybody's got to eat. So there's a, a increased number of robberies in the Atlanta area around the, around that time, as there is in much of the country. Yes. So, um, that's first seven minutes really puts you right in that zone, and it really hits you. And then they get to the, like, the standard Atlanta stuff. Darius talking about Florida Man, which was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, basically, they were like, Florida Man, he's responsible for everything in Florida. And he's like, wait, what do you mean? And he basically just starts rolling through like newspaper headlines like, Florida Man eats a man's face off. Florida Man cuts down tree. Florida Man. I have a died laughing. So it's not one person. It's like just it's- Florida. Well, but he treats it like it's one person. Like Florida yeah. Man is the one person behind everything. And Donald Glover's like, okay, sure. And it's it killed me. Beautiful, it was just incredible stuff. Uh, one of my one of the best and one of my favorite shows on television at any given moment. Atlanta, please go. Uh, they only aired the first episode of season two. The entire first season is available to stream on Hulu. So go, go get the it. The first episode will probably be on there soon because FX got a really good deal with yeah. Hulu. Probably tomorrow, episode one will be, episode yeah. two will be up on there. Either that or late tonight. And get very, uh, if you have not watched Atlanta, if you want just to see one episode to try to get you into it a little bit, episode seven of season one is, has nothing to do with the plot, like the overriding plot of the first season, but it is... Incre- it is the best episode. It is so funny and so brilliant and so sharp. At the, it, it, it's everything the show is in one episode. B-A-N, it's called, and it's a big spoof on B-E-T. It, it is glorious. Glorious. 
you do know that Donald Glover was a writer for 30 Rock, right? Correct. Yeah. There was I'd a... recommend you watching that because you'll get a lot of his surreal humor. Uh, humor. Correct. But you, you, if you watch BAN, you will completely understand what this show is. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm almost there. I think I'm on five. Okay. When you get to seven, I can't wait to see you text me like, oh, my God, they just did all of that in one episode. So I'm guessing it's a huge satire episode. It's a huge satire. just all about BT. They, they do fake commercials and everything. It's incredible. Great. I'm excited. Um, and the main plot line of the episode, with it's, it's just Paperboy and an expert on transgender issues on an interview show like Charlie Rose with a host that looks like Don Lemon. And it's, it's 22 minutes of, of just beauty. Beautiful. It, it, it's incredible, TJ. You're, you're going to love that episode so much. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> I will. It's impossible not to. Uh, I literally, we, we binged, uh, one of my friends hadn't seen it. We binged the entire first season on Sunday night and it was, it was a great use of our time. Beautiful use of our time here in college. I slept all day on Sunday, catching up from the sleep of stressing over all of my tests that right. I had last Friday. You, you managed to make it. I got A's on one of them. There you go. And I got a really good B on the other. Solid. Yes. I'm excited. You should be. I, I should be doing was, good on them if I major. That was a that was a topic we we discussed on one of the four recordings we had last week. Oh yeah. Which I guess we we, we now start a new segment called "How Stressed Is TJ?" Yeah, there you the go. answer is always yes. Yeah. So we get to decide now: do we want to do the Oscar predictions first and then do a Black Panther spoiler review, or do? Oh uh, well, since we're I think with the Kendrick song, let's do Black Panther. Let's last. do Black Panther. I'm with you on that. Let's do some Oscar predictions. So this, the Oscars are this Sunday night. The biggest is that the Sunday? Yep, yep. March the fourth. I thought it was next Sunday. Nope. Oh, well, I won't be watching it because I'll be packing. There you go. I'll be I'll be watching the recaps on Twitter. Uh, the and watching the whole La La Land Moonlight fiasco to go down again. Which uh, TMZ, by the way, reported um, the Academy is is looking to hand out some redemption Sunday night. Uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway are getting a second shot to present Best Picture on Sunday night. Also with um, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, well, which was he was far from the problem with that show. Oh no, but he's still getting still a lot of people blame him for it. They uh, thought it was a giant gag that he created, which it was not. So which very it was much not. not. So they're giving him a second chance to be like, yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> All right, let's do. Uh, let's, let's do, do some predictions. Let's do some predictions. Let's go from uh, lesser to like best picture. Yeah, that's the correct way to do this. All right, uh, let's start with the shorts, because no one ever has any idea what to do with the shorts. Uh, Let's start with documentary short subject. Um, There's Edith and Eddie, Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405, Heroin, Knife Skills, and Traffic Stop. (laughs) Um, I want heroin to win. It just seems like that seems like it's one that would be... uh, Academy baiting, but also one about L.A. Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. Seems, seems like it's too, too on the nose to, for them not to go with. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying I want heroin to win because that's a very prominent situation where I'm going to college right now. Huh. In fact, it was filmed where I'm going to college right now. There you go. In Huntington. So, oh, Ash. by the way, when that documentary came out, there was a huge, like, viewing party for it. Like, the chief of police, like, everybody that starred in it was there. Wow. It was it was a really cool experience. I actually like it. It should be like it seems like that's a very important topic. I don't know about you, but drugs. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
actually important. All right, uh, next up, let's go to live action short. DeKalb Elementary, The 11 O'Clock, My Nephew Emmett, The Silent Child, and Watu Wot slash All of Us. I don't know. Um, whew. Uh, <laughs> let's go. All right. Oh, no. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a tiger by the toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm going to keep digging this. You catch the very best one, and you are it. Uh, all of us. That's the one I picked. That's the one you're going with? Okay. Yep. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with the 11 o'clock. That's my. All right, cool. I don't right. know what any of these are about, but all right. Okay, animated short. We have Deer Basketball, Garden Party, Lou, Negative Space, and Revolting Rhymes. You say animated short? That's what we're doing Yes. Now? I know you want Deer Basketball to win. I don't know if I want it to win. I just think there's no way the Academy's looking at a ballot that has a short film involving Glenn Keane, John Williams, and Kobe Bryant and not voting for it. I'll go with Lou. Okay. I'm, I'm taking Deer Basketball. There's no way they're not voting for yeah, Kobe. Yeah, I told you. I knew. I, I, I called it. I knew you were going to pick that I one. don't want them to win because screw Kobe. But uh, yeah, I don't like Kobe. That's why I'm not doing it. All right. Let's do best documentary feature. Abacus Small Enough to Jail. Faces Places. It, I thought that said feces. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Icarus. Last Men in Aleppo. And Strong Island. Uh, what are you going with? Uh, I'm, I'm down to two. Which two? I am going to pick Faces Places. Uh, I had it between that and Icarus, but I think... I was between that and Icarus, too. I think they're going to vote Varda here, but Icarus has a real shot with the Winter Olympics. No, I'm flipping. I'm going to go Icarus, even though it's not quite the front runner. I think it wins. Uh, yeah, I wanted to vote for Icarus, too. Right, with the Winter Olympics having just ended, all the Russian stuff, it's like that's right back in the news scene. Seems like a good time to, you know, give that an Oscar. I don't know. Yeah. Give them a little bit of redemption. <laughs> the Russians get redeemed by winning an Oscar. A foreign language film. A Fantastic Woman, The Insult, Loveless, On Body and Soul, and The Square. I haven't seen any of these I think yet, with so. this new kind of progressive academy, I... I'm going to go probably Lebanon, so The Insult. Okay, I'm gonna go with a fantastic woman. Yeah, I was between the two. I didn't. I couldn't tell which one to pick from those. Just because, really, it. I mean, they it, did. Uh, what was it? Fantastic woman. It has the the, the the salesman won last year, right? right? Yes. So um, yeah, I'll go with fantastic. Fantastic woman. In the Middle East last year, so fantastic woman. Uh, with a transgender lead, Daniela Vega, who's also presenting Sunday night, which you know, it's a good look. So that would make sense. Would make sense. Um, but we'll see, obviously. But I, I see it seems like that's going to be one that gets a real shot to win here. Yeah. All right, now that we got those trash awards out of the way, that no one ever knows what the actual thing is going to be. Actually, sometimes the documentary one is actually pretty good. Let's do uh, – we'll just go in a little bit of uh, – You want to go ahead and al- go get the, the, the sound ones out of the Let's way? Let's do alphabetical from here. Animated feature film. This is the greatest lock in the history of locks. Uh, Boss Baby, Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. I'm going to go with Ferdinand. Good, 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 good pick. I'm kidding. It's Coco. Coco is minus 5,000 to win this Oscar. Yeah, Meaning, no, because it's a lock. 
Do you know who what? Else, who's gonna vote against it? Do you know what that means to be a minus five thousand? It means you're guaranteed. Someone has to bet five thousand dollars to win a hundred dollars on that bet. Yeah, it's the greatest lock in the history of locks. That's uh, that's the category to least worry about Sunday night. Yeah. All right. Cinematography. Blade Runner, Darkest oh, Hour. I want Roger Deakins to win. Dunkirk, so Mudbound. And the shape of water. Please I, give it to Roger Deakins. I know I've said it before. We've, we've all said it before. We'll probably end up saying it again. I think this is finally Deakins here. Fuck. I think this is it. As much as I love Shape of Water and wanted to win everything, right. I, I Roger Deakins deserves recognition. At, for him, literally, him and this Gary is Oldman are the two that need to win this year. Him and them and Del Toro. Deakins, you could basically give this out as a lifetime achievement award, even if yeah, even that's exactly. Even Hell, if and, and Goldman right, or Gary right, Goldman, even if Blade Runner weren't the most beautiful looking movie of the year, which it was, it was. I uh, we were looking through some screenshots from that movie. Day. You could take about like there's just dozens of shots and basically like hang them up in your house. People were like, "Oh my god, that's like a, a beautiful painting." And the one with like the projection hologram thing. I'm about to put that as my computer wallpaper. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Because it has Honestly. two of my favorite things: a beautiful, beautiful shot, and Ryan Gosling and the Goss God. <laughs> right. Looking like a snack with that coat. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, shout out to our friends Lights Camera Pod for the Goss God looking like a snack joke. Oh, I, I, I ripped that off Troll Ballins there. So sorry, guys. That's um, great. <laughs> no, but it's that that jacket he wears is glorious. By the way, oh, the Blade Runner coat is unreal. I'm looking for someone to sell that for, like, a little bit cheaper, but, oh, God, I want one. I think I saw someone was selling uh, literally the white T-shirt that Deckard wears in 2049 for, like, 50 bucks. I was like, what, what are you doing here? Hey, it's not as bad as Kanye's T-shirts. It's true. Those Yeezy shirts, though. Uh, no, nah, but I, I think it's Deacon's year. I think Blade Runner wins this. If, yeah, if, I, I, want, I want Deacons to win so bad. If anything else wins, it's going to be Dan Lawson for uh, The Shape of Water. But I, did, uh, we can't let Deacons go 0 for 14. We can't allow no. this as a society. If, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If Deacons doesn't win, it's Lawson. Deacons should have won 23 years ago for uh, Shawshank. He should have won, won five years ago for Skyfall. <laughs> the man has been screwed. Absolutely screwed multiple times. Very upsetting. 1994 um, was a good year for movies. Right. Also, watch out potentially in case he doesn't win. Hoyt Man Hoytema for Dunkirk. Dunkirk could clean up some tech tech awards. Yeah, I I agree. Um, costume design: Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, Victoria, and Abdul. What do you got? Costume design. Yes. Uh, I don't even know. I'm shape of water just for the freaking monster suit, though. Um, does it seem but, like it's too easy to pick the movie about dressmaking for for costume design? Yeah, I think it's too easy. Yeah, which is why it's gonna win. Phantom Thread. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I know. I, I want shape of water, dude. That mo- that the monster costume design and shape of water. Somehow that doesn't actually qualify. For... That doesn't count as a costume. That I, th- I I think so. I have to take a look. I, I don't think that's the part that, that needs that needs to qualify. Or production right? design, I for, or visual effects. I forget which one. I think it was visual effects that doesn't actually qualify. Yes. 
It's stupid. So it doesn't it doesn't qualify for visual. Which is also stupid. I agree. It's a costume and a visual effect. Correct. It's all of it. Uh, vi- anyway, but yeah, it's either Shape of Water or Phantom Thread, in my opinion. You know, you know who the real dark horse here is. It's gonna probably be- Victoria and Abdul. It's Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, I forgot about that on the list. Number two yeah. highest grossing movie of the year. Right, it see, yep. seems like one where they could they could go that way. But I'm gonna the go Star with Star Wars. The number one grossing threat. Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll remember. come back directors next year, but we're not gonna do that one yet. That's we'll do that one like last. Along one of the later ones. Uh, editing: Baby Driver, Dunkirk, yes. I Tanya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. This is this film editing or sound editing? Film editing. This is okay, so... this is a two horse race. This is this is either gonna be Baby Driver or Dunkirk, and I think it's gonna be Baby Driver. I think it's going to be Baby Driver 2. I think that's like the dark horse of this race. Too. One of the most brilliantly cut movies I've seen in a very long time. I went time. back. All right. So I have the Blu-ray of that movie now. My Edgar Wright collection is almost complete. Congratulations. Yeah. I, all I need now is Scott Pilgrim. Great movie. Uh, it is. I don't know why I don't own it yet. Anyway, I went back and rewatched it. You know how much stuff I missed in there? Just the way they cut it to like make it look like it's all choreographed to the music. Just those quick cuts. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing. well done. And not just that, but you know the opening scene where he gets to go go get coffee for everybody? Yeah, that's one of the best I edited scenes so I've seen. so many details in that. Yeah. Like the graffiti on the walls goes with the lyrics. The trumpet, when he's playing the trumpet, the dance, like everything is synced up. Correct. It's at- Even, even um, Ansel Elgort, he stalls when he's ordering right. the coffee, so he stays in line and says the lyric with the song. Right. It's absolutely incredible. That movie. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying that needs to win. And a lot that of it and... is the editing, and I'll go with yes. that. Uh, Same thing for sound editing. If, if Baby Driver doesn't win, it's Dunkirk. It's, that's Agreed. done. Uh, none of these other movies actually have a chance. Same thing with Sorry. sound editing. I'm between Baby Driver and Dunkirk. Right. So, yeah, the sound awards, uh, we'll get to those later, obviously. But uh, Makeup and hairstyling, Darkest Hour, Victoria and Abdul, and Wonder. This is, this is a lock. Lock of the century, uh, darkest hour, book it. Agreed. Uh, j- just the, the Churchill stuff alone, that's it. It's over. Yep. Done. Agreed. Goodbye. All right. Let's move, let's move along. <laughs> that's almost as much as a lock as the animated movie. Yep. I think actually the odds are like the same. Basically. I, I think I looked the other day and Darkest Hour was like minus 5,000 to win this. So it's, it's done. Yeah. Um, original song. Original score. I'm sorry. We'll get to original, original song. Sc- original score. Dunkirk. Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, The Last Jedi, and Three Billboards. As much as I love John Williams, I don't think it's going to go down this time. He's not winning. Yeah. Uh, who, who have you got this one for this one? I haven't seen Three Billboards, so I can't tell you, but probably Dunkirk or Shape of Water. It seems like this plot is the clear front runner uh, for Shape of Water. Yeah. Um, a great score. A score that Him I really love. Like. my two front Yeah, runners. Dunkirk also has a... Hans Zimmer's got a real shot to jump in here. Uh, has I think... Hans Zimmer won before? Oh, Hans before? Zimmer has won multiple times. Okay, I was just making sure. Because if not, then he's gotten ripped off. Uh, hold on, I'm going to check how many he's won. I think Tell he... me which movie's for, too. Yeah. He won for Inception, didn't he? He might have won for Inception. I re- I'm pretty sure he won a couple of years. He's won one whole Oscar. Oh, wow. For which one? He hasn't won since 95. What movie did he do in 95? He won uh, in the 95 for a 94 movie, The Lion King. Oh, yeah. He has it. 
he since then he's he has uh he's gotten nominated a whole bunch six he's been nominated 10 times and has won once yeah he was nominated for interstellar a few years ago nominated for inception inception yeah i thought he won for inception i guess it was just lion king then all right yeah uh, I would, I mean, I would, if he won here, I would not complain. Oh, no. That's why I'm between Hans Zimmer and uh, Alexander Desplat. That Dunkirk score is incredible. With the, it's really good. With the ticking clock fused in, it's amazing. It's so good. And it really adds to the tension of the movie. Uh, it's glorious. Uh, yeah, Dunkirk. It, that's yeah, that, not going to win. Shape of Water are the two front runners. Shape of Water, I think, is my, my for sure pick. That, that mine too, but if that doesn't win, it's for sure going to Hans Zimmer. All right, original song. We have Mighty River from Mudbound, Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name, Remember Me from Coco, Stand Up yes. for Something from Marshall, and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Uh, remember Me. I would love for it to be Remember Me. I don't think it's going to be Remember Me. Which do you think it's going to go to then? Um... It's a really tough one. I think it's going to be This Is Me. It's, I wouldn't be surprised. That, that, great that Greatest Showman soundtrack has sold like absolute hotcakes. It's a good soundtrack. That's why. It actually is. Like, the movie's not great. The music's very good, though. Um, the movie remember, is okay. It's either going to be This Is Me or Remember Me. and I'm. The, those are the exact two I was going to... I think I picked Remember Me for the Globes and then This Is Me one. So watch, I'll pick This Is Me and Remember Me will win the Oscar. It'll be, be wonderful. I'm, that's why I'm saying Remember Me is going to win the Oscar, but I'm between that and This Is Me. If it was one of the two, I wouldn't be surprised. Yep. Uh, can't be as bad as uh, when Writings on the Wall beat a song that was introduced by Joe Biden a few years ago. That was bad. Which song did Joe Biden do? He, he remember he came out. He introduced that song from that documentary about like sexual assault on college campuses. They had Joe yeah, Biden introduce yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Lady Gaga gave this beautiful rendition, and then Sam Smith ends up with the Oscar for a garbage Bond song. <laughs> it wasn't awful. It just wasn't that great. It's a bad Bond song, TJ. For a Bond song, it's bad. Yeah, especially it was the first Bond song after Skyfall. <laughs> Did um, a legitimately Adele great that. Adele won for Skyfall, yeah, yeah, deservedly so. Adele, oh yeah, that's a great song. So, I can go back and listen to that all the time. I do too. It's incredible song. Those strings they have in the background are incredible. Yeah, I the Sam Smith song. I listen to the orchestration because the orchestration is really nice. The orchestrations are well done in that song. The rest of it's garbage. <laughs> actual... That's why I said it's an okay song because I love the orchestration. All right, Sam Smith's like actual rendition is bad. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, just that like a tickle in the back of my throat. It's... You're good. <coughs> Use you. Ooh. Actually, bad. All right, production design. Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. Dunkirk. I think they're going to give this to The Shape of Water, but I feel like it should be Dunkirk. Yeah, Dunkirk and Shape of Water are my two front runners, but I'm, pro- I'm saying probably <coughs> Dunkirk. Yeah. Uh, if it was one of the two, I wouldn't be surprised or angry. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Shape of Water, but yeah. um. Dunkirk could win, and the big surprise, the big stunner of waiting in the back of all of these is Blade Runner. If, I swear, because I think Blade, Blade Runner, Runner could won. walk away with all of these trophies. <laughs> oh yeah, it really could. 
Do I think it will? No. Do I want it to? Yes. Would it deserve to? Yes. Did it deserve a Best Picture nomination? Yes, it actually did. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not sorry. Correct. (laughs) This is how you do a sequel, ladies and gentlemen. Actually an incredible movie. Really stinks that none remember of you when, saw it. Remember when me and me were talking about it, we're like, oh man, that's gonna suck. It's a it, originally before they hired Villanova, that's a horrendous idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very remember bad we, idea. We were talking so much crap about it, and then we're like, oh. When they hired and, Vi- then, and then they did the casting, we're like, oh. When they hired Villanova, I, that was the first time I was like, oh, this could actually be something. And when the, when he said, okay, we got Deacons, I was like, oh boy, this is actually gonna be when really they, special. When they, got, when they got Deacons and Gosling, that's when I was like, this yep, actually could be something be very movie. special. Yeah. They like totally missold that. And movie. then I saw the trailer and I was sold. Yes. That first announcement trailer when he's just walking through the, the what we later find out in the movie is the Vegas desert and he yeah. meets Deckard for the first time. A moment that happens like two hours into a nearly three hour movie. <laughs> or 90 Wait. minutes into a nearly three hour movie. Like, yeah. It's about 90 minutes. Yeah. But you get the point. Production design, Shape of Water. I'm going with you got Dunkirk. I'm going, yeah, I'm Shape of Water and Dunkirk. I, I'm tied with the two. Probably Shape of Water, though. Let's just knock the sound categories out. They're the same nominees, both editing and mixing. Baby Driver, Blade Runner, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, and Star Wars. Baby Driver. <sighs> For editing, at least. I'm taking Dunkirk on both. I'm between Baby Driver and Dunkirk. I don't know which one would get it. I want Baby Driver to win, though. Um, I'm looking here at Hollywood Reporter, also production design, which we also just finished. Uh, they have Blade Runner winning. Again, not going to complain. Not going to complain. Nope. Like I said, that's probably the dark horse right. for all of us. Um, they've, got, right, they've got Dunkirk on both the sound. I think Dunkirk's a lock on sound. Like that, The sound makes the movie. I agree. Um, that's why I said I'm between Baby Driver and Dunkirk, and I, I guess, I, yeah, I'll go with Dunkirk. The, like, the, the sound of those, those planes flying over is incredible. Yeah, they really did it. It, it. I haven't heard a sound system utilized that well, maybe ever, in a movie. Like he, you, Nolan just takes full advantage of it. It's really incredible. Uh, I'm gonna try to make sure that I turn this alarm off without uh, ending the podcast. I have a, I have an alarm. You ready for this stupid alarm? We, I have an alarm set for 12.05 a.m. every day so that we can celebrate 12.06 just as Eric Andre did in his uh, New Year's Eve special. Yeah. I, I don't understand. So you have Hulu, correct? Agreed. I use yours. How, oh, oh, that's right. You do. Uh, <laughs> forgot you do. Uh, no, we have. Sorry, I'm not sorry. It's all right. Don't worry about it. It's for official films for our business. Uh <laughs> No, we've got um, whatever you get a chance, because it's only 30 minutes. Go to the Eric Andre show, season one, and scroll all the way down to the New Year's Eve show. You're going to understand. Okay, is that why that was on the watch list? Correct. I was so confused about that. I was like, why are they watching this? So, okay. so we've been watching the, we've been binging the Eric Andre show, just like that. It's the funniest and weirdest show at the same time. I think you very much appreciate it. Probably. <laughs> I, I can imagine you just watch, like, there's a joke in the New Year's Eve special. It's it's 2012 going into 13, so Obama just got reelected. Eric uh-huh. Andre goes, 
Yeah, everyone's here celebrating New Year's. It's a new trend, celebrating New Year's. You know what I'm celebrating? Two years, two more years of Obama. The whole crowd starts cheering. And Hannibal Burris, who's the co-host, he's just in uh-huh. the background. He goes, it's four more years. He's not going to quit halfway through. And everyone, the whole audience just starts booing out of nowhere. And there's not usually an audience. This is like the only one with a live audience. And they just start booing. And he just goes, why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> It is glorious. And he, Eric Andre, first of all, his interviews, he does everything he can to make the, the guests uncomfortable. So it's like always So awkward. it's like Zach Galifianakis with Between Two Ferns. But like more over the top. Uh, Eric yeah. Andre begins every one of his episodes by destroying his set. Like the set gets completely demolished. Um, he, in this New Year's special, he interviews Debbie Lovato and Amorosa. And... <laughs> It's I don't good. even know who Amarosa is, but okay. From the, she was on The Apprentice, and she actually just got fired from the White House. Like, oh, her. Yeah, yeah. And Amarosa Manigault Newman. Uh, yeah. No, so the, she's. They have her on, and she's like, "This is an interview show. You're gonna ask me questions." It, it, they bring out and, and Hannibal just like hovers almost. It's so funny. There are so many great Hannibal moments. I'll send you some YouTube clips uh, with Eric Andre, but yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll send you some of those. Um, yeah, so there's that. But like we said, Dunkirk on sound for taking <laughs> to reel it all back in. All right, visual effects. We have Blade Runner, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Please give it the war. I'm going to be irate if Planet of the Apes doesn't win because that means it, they'll have. I won't be okay. Here's the thing. If they don't give it the Planet of the Apes, they need to give it the Blade Runner. No, this has to be Planet of the Apes. I will not accept another. Even with Blade Runner, I will not accept another option. Oh, no. I, I completely agree with you. I finally went and watched the whole tr- trilogy other than just the first one. The first Planet of the Apes. Deserved it. Uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes is the first one. Yes. Lost visual effects to, yes. I believe it was Hugo. Which, yes. at, at an Oscars, which, by the way, I don't think enough people talk about this, within the last, like, six years, uh, uh, a French silent film won Best Picture. And a, a not very good one at that. I don't like the artist. The artist? Yeah. The, the French silent movie with the dog that somehow won Best Picture, director, and actor in a year with a very good family-friendly and... Uh, entertaining Scorsese movie that was, uh-huh. like, technically incredible. Yeah. All right. Okay, but Planet of the Apes still was better visual effects was right? Yes. Dawn of, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes lost to Interstellar, which is understandable. Okay. That one, it, that one I was okay with. That was okay with, because Interstellar's visual effects are unreal. I, I, I'm going to rage if they go through this entire trilogy of groundbreaking motion capture CGI and never get an Oscar for it. Yeah, like... To win too, I will be mad if it doesn't. But if it went to Blade Runner, I'd be at least a little bit less angry. I'd be less angry, but I'd still be very angry. Oh yes, agreed. You basically have to give this as like a lifetime achievement award to the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Her, agreed. How brilliant that that CGI is. Very very upsetting that uh, that it's even a possibility that this trilogy walks away with no Oscars for visual effects. Very upsetting. All right. Uh, I guess we're on to screenplay. 
adapted screenplay. Call me I want, Lo- I want Logan to win. It's not winning, TJ. I know it's not. I want it to. Adapted screenplay. Call me by your name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Bali's Game, and Mudbound. I still want Logan to win, but it's probably going to be Call Me By Your Name. This is this is a lock. Call Me By Your Name is is the clear winner here. Eighty nine. If it's not Call Me By Your Name, I want it to be Logan. Uh, eighty nine year old James Ivory, the oldest nominee in Oscar history, is going to take home this Oscar uh, for adapted screenplay for Call Me By Your Name. It's done. This one's been done for a while. Unlike original screenplay, which is a very hotly contested race coming in here. I'm between three. The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. I want Shape of Water to win. If it's not Shape of Water, it's Get Out. If it's not Get Out, it's Lady Bird. Odds-wise, it's a toss-up between Get Out and Three Billboards. Get Out and Shape of Water. No, Shape of Water's not winning this one. Oh, yeah, Three Billboards. That's what I meant. Um, Odds-wise, slip a coin. I'm thinking of director, I think. Because Get Out won the Writers Guild. McDonough was not eligible for Three Billboards. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I I think, based on everything, I think Get Out's going to win. I, I just, I think the Academy is going to make sure that walks away with something. Because you know Three Billboards is getting two acting awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mind you, Three Billboards is a very real threat to win here. Don't, don't get me wrong, this is basically a toss-up between the two. Yeah. Uh, I I just I think they're gonna give it to Jordan Peele, but I'm not confident in that. Yeah, that was Get Out and Three Billboards. Agreed. Let me see what uh, what uh, Feinberg over at the Hollywood Reporter's going with. Probably Three Billboards. Get yeah, would not would not be uh, opposed to. He has Jordan Peele at the top of his. His board. Oh, okay. I, it's gonna be like I said. It's gonna be really close, and it's gonna be one of two. But I think they want to. I think a lot of the academy is gonna want to make sure Get Out walks away with something, and I think the screenplay has to win if it's gonna get it something. Because it, it's not gonna win direction. It's not gonna win actor, and it very well could win best picture. I have no idea at this point. I don't think it'll win best picture. I think they're still gonna give that to Del Toro. The preferential ballot got me all screwed up on this one. Yeah, but we'll get agreed. we'll get to that in a little bit. Obviously, let's do acting. We'll go to director. Uh, so act, acting actress in a supporting role: Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for I Tanya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Man, how quickly a race turned here this year. Because Laurie Metcalf appeared to be the clear front runner, and she is not going to even be close to winning on Sunday night. No. This is Allison Janney. This is done. Uh, yep. All of the acting prizes are done. There's no drama this year. It's upsetting, actually. Like, I wish there was, like, an upset on, on Sunday night to, like, actually throw us off. I'd be okay with yeah. missing on a category to get, like, an actually interesting acting winner. And Allison Janney is. She's incredibly interesting. And I think she's... The fact that she's never won an Oscar bewilders me, honestly. Like, never been nominated up until this year uh, for as iconic as she is. To Allison Janney? Yes. She, she deserves... She deserves to This is basically one. a Lifetime Achievement Award. Practically. But she's also supposedly amazing in Itania. I have not seen the movie, but... She's, she's really good in it. Okay. 
Um, all right. Supporting actor is uh, Willem Dafoe for the Florida Project, who was, again, initially the front runner and has now been knocked very off the top of the leaderboard. Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. Who have you got? I was at Willem Dafoe, but now I don't know. I was at Defoe a long time ago, and now I'm. It's it's clear to me that Sam Rockwell is going to win Sunday night. Yeah, he's the clear front runner now. Um, he won the Globe, which, like Alice and Janney, those were upsets that night, and have quickly gone from upsets to the clear front runner. It's it's been a very weird year. Yeah, it's yeah, in more ways than one. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to get weirder when we get the Best Picture. <laughs> yeah. Because, trust me, it's, it's going to be a wild one this year. Um, best Actress in a Leading Role, Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water, Frances McDormand for Three Billboards, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep for The Post. This is done. It's Frances McDormand's Oscar. If it's not her, I want it to be Saoirse Ronan. Uh, agreed. She, uh, Frances McDormand is amazing in Three Billboards, though. Like, I can't complain. She actually is the best thing about that movie. Okay. By a long shot, um, which I can't say I'm surprised by. I, I saw that when they released the first trailer for that back in, like, April or May, I watched the trailer, and the first thing out of my mouth was, oh, she's going to win an Oscar for this. <laughs> sure enough. I remember you saying that. Um, like Were we that, at lunch when you watched that? Might have been. And I was just like, oh, she's going to win for this. Yeah, me, you, and Dalton were at lunch. I remember. And it was, like, it was, just, it was just that obvious she was that good in this movie. Um, yeah. Still bewilders me that it's not a Coen Brothers movie. but Feels like a Coen Brothers movie, but it's not them. This is McDormand's. Uh, lead actor, Timothy Chalamet, Call Me By Your Name. Then, oh, by the way, you're on McDormand. You're you're agreeing in agreement yeah. there. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with you because I haven't seen three billboards, but that's why I said Torsha Ronan. She's the clear lock, though. Globe, SAG, Bat. She's got it all. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it. But I still <laughs> haven't seen it. So, um, actor in a leading role: Timothy Chalamet, Call Me by Your Name; Daniel Day Lewis, Phantom Thread; Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out; Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour; and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel, Esquire. Gary Oldman. Again, it's a lock. It's it's Gary Oldman. Getting him made an Oscar at last. Yeah. Uh, it's deserved. He's amazing as Winston Churchill. Yeah. It's an incredible was, performance. I honestly believe he was Churchill. Right. Um, like, he was great. I thought it was interesting to have basically two Dunkirk movies in one year one about what's actually happening, and one and then about the political spectrum of it. The political spectrum, which is far less interesting to me. Than like actually like the, what was going on. I think, but they are surface. I would love to double feature them at some point. Like I think feel like they're probably perfect complementary pieces. You know what you might be able to do is like shoehorn the scenes, like intermix them between them. You know what I mean? That would to be, make it one I, big movie. I'd be interested if someone to see if someone would make that cut. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in about a year or so. Yeah, I'd be interested to see someone like on the internet just go through and do that. With the be, amount of memes that's on the internet, yes, it's gonna happen. All right, best director. We have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Sir, uh, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. I almost said Saoirse Ronan. Almost. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I have a feeling she's going to direct and be very good at it. Uh, 
Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. This is done. Del Toro. Del Toro is going to win, and it's it's going to be great. It's so weird to have these top prizes be locked in and have Best Picture be so up in the air. By the way, this year, like it's so. Remember when we locked La La Land last year? I I didn't lock La La Land last year. I said <laughs> La La Land. I think is going to win, and I think it will win. But watch out for Moonlight. It's coming. It's like it, like the the momentum was building right at the end. I still disagree with that choice, but okay. Um, I don't. I love La La Land. I think Moonlight is a, an absolute beautiful masterpiece. Um, and but but best director this year, uh, Del Toro has won all the major prizes. It, since director is not done preferentially, uh, it seems like he's a lock to take this one home. Agreed. Uh, it it just seems. Like a, like a movie that like like a it's a beautiful directing job and it's his for the taking on Sunday night. The only person I could see pulling the upset here is Nolan. Yep. I still can't believe this is Nolan's first directing nomination. Unbelievable. It kind of makes sense though. He's he, he's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. He was treated as a lock going on going into the Inception one though, like because Inception yeah. got nominated, he was considered a nomination and didn't uh, which was weird I'm trying to think of what else was nominated that year that we could have replaced them with here I'll pull it up that was the 2011 Oscars yeah uh, so that was that was the King's Speech year oh yeah which uh, I would argue should not have won Best Picture But I can agree with you there it's a solid movie don't get me wrong oh um, no it's great Oh, I am so knocking out the Coen brothers for True Grit on this one. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm literally looking at it. Tom Hooper won for the King's Speech, which is questionable as best. Then Aronofsky for Black Swan. I can't knock that one. David O. Russell for one. The Fighter. Good. Can't really can't knock, knock that one too much. That, that would be like before True Grit. That would have been the next one I knocked. Yep. Afterwards, I say Fincher for the social network. That's it. You keep that. You can't knock and that then one. the Coen brothers for True Grit, which was yes. a remake. Let's be real here. <laughs> no, yeah, it was a remake. Yeah, so what a world. Um, but no, this is this is Guillermo's to win, which is Definitely. amazing. All right, best picture. Here we go. Call me by your name. Darkest hour. Dunkirk. Get out. Lady Bird. Phantom Thread. The Post. The Shape of Water. And three billboards. I'm going to let you go first. You're going to take the Shape of Water. It's either Shape of Water or Get Out. I'm so conflicted. Because first of all, this race seems like it's playing regionally. Like LA, it's been Get Out, the Shape of Water. New York, it's been Lady Bird and Dunkirk. And in London, it's been Three Billboards. So like the three main regions where the Academy is, it's, it's been very different. Yeah. And I'm looking at something like Moonlight, which won with some late momentum last year, right? La La Land was the big frontrunner, and it came in with a late swell of momentum to push it over the top right at the end. And I've, I've noticed one movie that's gotten that swell towards the end, um, which is incredible because it came out a full calendar year ago, and that's Get Out. That's why I said it's either Shape of Water or Get Out. Get Out has seen, since that Writers Guild win, it has seen such a massive swell of support. Universal's had billboards all over L.A. Um, 
Like, Universal really is going for it here. And I think they're going to get it. I'm not sure. And if Three Billboards wins original screenplay, there's a real chance Get Out could win Best Picture without winning any other awards. Which is crazy to me. Isn't that exactly what Moonlight did? Uh, Moonlight won a screenplay. It won screenplay a, too, yeah. That's right. Adapted screenplay. Yeah. And supporting actor. Yes. Um, whereas... Uh, like Get Out really is really only got the chance to win original screenplay. Uh, another one to watch out for, kind of really out of nowhere, um, just because of the way it's preferen- the preferential balloting and the the fact that it's not really a hateable movie in any way is is Dunkirk. Dunkirk's gonna have a real chance to win. Yeah, Shape of Water is still probably the favorite, but I I I, I feel Get Out's gonna win Sunday night. I have no idea though. I just think, in the end, I think if Get Out doesn't win, we're going to regret it 10 years from now. Eh. I think that's one of those where 10 years from now you look back and go, wow, this didn't win Best Picture. Wow, okay. I think it's going to be that important a film down the line. Um, It's already an important film today, considering current events. Yeah. Oh, I gotta, gotta. This is a another sad podcast development. Everyone taking allergy meds during the podcast. I'm very sorry, guys, but I'm sorry. <laughs> the the allergies are kicking in more than they have been over the last hour or so that we've been that recording. Was me about two weeks ago, dude. Two three weeks ago, that was me. Yeah, it's starting to get bad here again. Yeah. But, so those are our best picture picks. TJ's got Shape of Water. I've got Get Out. Neither of us really have any idea what's actually going to nope, happen. Nope. If it's not Shape of Water, it's Get Out. And for you, if it's not Get Out, it's Shape of Water. So I think there are five movies with a legit chance to win. Shape of Water, <laughs> Billboard, uh, Get Out, and Dunkirk, and Call Me By Your Name. No, I would say I would say Lady Bird is a better shot than Call Me By Your or Name. Or Lady Bird, yeah. Although right. also, not even necessarily Lady Bird. The, apparently, Phantom Thread has a, a rather a, a larger than you would think amount of support in the academy. I don't think it's you, going to win. You want to know it why? A... It's because of Daniel. It's very true. But uh, I, I just think it, to win Best Picture, I think you have to have gotten the most eyes in some ways. And, you know, with how long ago it came out, how much time people had to watch it, how much buzz it got, I think the most academy members probably watched Get Out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. I, also, I, I think it has more to say than any of these other movies. And I, I think Jordan Peele's probably going to win, like, two Oscars. I think he gets the producer and the screenplay. And he, on his first movie, is a Best Picture winner already. Because yeah. I certainly think that's the movie of 2017. Like, that's the movie we're going to remember the year for. Down the line. It's going to be studied in film classes forever. Deservedly so. So those are our Oscar predictions. We're probably wrong on a large number of these. So don't be afraid to call us out on Twitter Sunday night. It's going to be, we're going to be <laughs> watching them upstairs in the lounge, all of us. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be uh, packing for Texas, so I'll be keeping an eye on Twitter. May, maybe we might be able to push some content out afterwards. We'll, we'll see. We'll, 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 we, might, we might be able to push something out. We'll, fi- we'll figure it out. Uh, we can. Okay. We'll I'm see. good. I'm good. We'll see who wants to do stuff. This is gonna be us through classes. Right. 
So. Oh, that's me every day. If we don't so. do it Sunday night, we can definitely do it Monday. I mean, is that not all of us? Yeah. Okay. But I mean specifically me, because I only have to go to three classes this week. I love BSing two classes. Because so. all we're doing in Calc is review for the test on Thursday that I don't have to take. All right. And then Kim, which is my major. All right. <laughs> all right. And so, this is our Oscar prediction. We're now going to move on. Oh, 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 hey, I have I have news. Oh, go ahead. Bo, Bur- Bo Burnham's eighth grade directorial debut will be released on uh, July 13th by A24. Oh, A24 got it? Solid. Yep. Um, have you watched, speaking of Bo Burnham directing, have you gotten a chance to watch Chris Rock's special on Netflix yet? It was good. It's so funny. We it's watched so it like good. the night it came out. It was Valentine's Day. We were just uh, honestly, all I could tell just from the style of the set right. and the shots that it was Bo Burnham because it was so similar right. to Make Happy. We were up in the lounge. We just all watched it and we were just dying laughing for an hour. It was incredible. Yeah. An incredible I might, special. Honestly, I might go rewatch it tonight. It, it's, it's worth a rewatch. It's, yeah. it's, and if you haven't watched it yet, what are, what are you doing exactly? It's an incredible stand-up special. Absolutely incredible stuff. Chris Rock is a true treasure. Even if he did realize he was uh, un- incapable of actually judging the dunk contest a couple weeks ago. Oh, that got cut last week. So real quickly, quick shout-out to Quavo for winning MVP of the Celebrity Game. We talked about it. Oh, my gosh. Many, we had to mention that. Two, we, we mentioned that two weeks ago that he was going to play. Shout-out to um, – oh, man. What's his name? David Harbour for being in Antarctica. For being in Antarctica. The, the legend. A true legend. Yeah. Quavo and David Harbour, both both true legends out here. And also a shout out to Ric Flair. That Ric Flair drip music video was very funny. Oh, great. Watching Ric Flair and that was incredible. All right. So we're going to move on to our Black Panther review, which we were supposed to do last week, and then technology did not allow us to do so. Thanks, Anchor. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for the, the patch today. It actually really did help. Yep. We've actually made it through a podcast. Wow. It's an hour and a half through, and we're still good. Correct. I knew this was going to be a long one because of last week. Oh, yeah. It's fine. I don't care. I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Right. Um, I, think, I just have labs. <laughs> I think I might be going to see Annihilation tomorrow, so we might be having some Annihilation I've talk next things. week. I have as well. Uh, if the winds don't get to 50 miles an hour, which is a possibility tomorrow. So, yeah, oh, be that. safe, dude. Will do. Um, on the... On the bright side, if on the downside, if the winds are 50 miles an hour, I don't get to see annihilation. But on the bright side, if the winds are 50 miles an hour, classes get canceled. So th- this is the real, real dilemma here. I'd say get the 50 mile per hour winds because I'd rather not have class. How about get the 50 mile an hour winds just during the classes and then immediately and then after as soon classes? And then cancel, have it go down. That's exactly that's what happened to me uh, two weeks ago. Except. The whole power went out in the the science building and like basically all of Marshall. So oh, no. all the classes were canceled. And as soon as they canceled classes, the lights came on ten minutes later. Amazing. And after that, all classes past like eleven o'clock were canceled. So it was too late. Great work. Yeah, it was amazing. That is amazing. Um but no, Black Panther, let's do this. First of all, since we didn't get this far last week, just give your overall impressions of the movie. What'd you think? It was good. I give it like a nine out of ten. I I think I gave Wonder Woman a nine. Correct. Last year, this movie's better than Wonder Woman. I don't. I gave Wonder Woman like a seven. I don't think I'm gonna push Wonder Woman up to. I don't want to push Black Panther up to nine point five. I think so. I think I'm gonna give it like a nine point two five. Nine point two five. 
I'm give, I'm in between like an eight and a nine. Right. Okay, just so you guys know, also in case you have seen, this is going to be a spoiler review. So um, it's been what two weeks? Two weeks. And if you haven't seen it yet, okay, we're gonna do a a, a sign off now for those that have not seen Black Panther. And don't want the spoiler review. You're just not gonna get King's Dead after this. So that's very upsetting for you guys. Really. For those of you that haven't seen it, go enjoy the movie. Correct. If I haven't seen it, please go see it. It's a, it's an incredible movie, and uh, yeah, TJ, tell those pe- tell those people where they can find you online. Uh, I'm on Twitter as uh, the TJ Blank. Okay, I'm on uh, Twitter at Domfar Five. You know the drill. Go on the website, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at, at Film with Twitter. So Facebook films with Farah. Okay, now all of you guys go see Black Panther. We're gonna give you three seconds now to to to, to pause. One billboard outside Ebbing, Missouri. Two billboard outside <laughs> Ebbing, Missouri. Three billboard outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, okay and for those of you that have seen Black Panther, thank you for sticking with us and for <laughs> waiting two weeks um, for this review because really we, we we did actually try last week. We really we did. We tried like five times. It was, we really tried. We really wanted to get this out last week. Okay, we, we can get into spoilers on to why this movie is brilliant because I think the more I think about this movie, the better it gets. I actually think there are layers to this movie. Honestly, the more I think about this movie, the more problems I have with it. Really? Okay. Yeah. So why don't we start with that? Let's start with what you thought the problems were. That way we can... Um, I have problems with the plot. I have problems with some of the screenplay. Some forced, very forced humor that I didn't like. I'm guessing you're talking about the what are those joke. Oh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I actually I thought that. it was very funny. I thought it I, worked. I, in... I cringed out of my seat. Oh. I didn't like oh, I, the whole I, the whole theater laughed. It was it was just one of those. It was such a Marvel thing, but it was like no, like me and Julianne, we laughed, but it was a laugh like oh, they really did that. Oh, uh, it, I just was so not expecting it. Came out such. I think when you watch the movie again, you know it's coming. It's probably it'll probably work better. But it's such a like oh wow. Like they, they they did a vine reference. Like it's so unexpected that it can catch you off guard in that way. Um, I also have I have problems with Killmonger. Okay, all right. This is all right. There there there's slight problems. Uh, it might be nitpicking, but it, but it's still a problem. That but, I let's talk about Killmonger because I actually think he's one of the most fascinating things about this movie. His plan is super flawed. Oh, it's his. That's the thing, his, right? His plan is so flawed. Like. I understand, oh, he's a flawed person, he's a villain, like, of course his plan, no, like, his plan is flawed. Like, you think just because you freaking kill Claw that they're just gonna let you into Wakanda? I think that's, like, actually the point, right? Is that it is flawed. Is that the idea is there, but the plan is flawed, and that's why he has to, they have to defeat him in the end, right? I mean, also, also the, the tattoo on the lip, like, the birthright of Wakanda, like, that too. Right. But but still, you think that a complete stranger, a complete outsider to the country who just comes in, who they have no idea. Hey, you know what? Are. Anyone that could find Wakanda, considering how like top secret it is, like honestly deserves a shot at the throne at that point. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but, no, but no, that's not how it's supposed no, to I, work. No, I know. But I, that was a joke there. But the point being... No, I got it. Like, I still laugh. The but... point being, you know, he is, in fact, of royal blood. He get, he has, by by his birthright, a shot at the throne. And and the opportunity to challenge for it. That's not... Yeah. You know, that's, hey, that's just how Wakanda works. It's, uh, there's nothing around that. 
He knows because he I knows he can walk with... in and get a shot at the throne anytime he wants. But he he just needs a way to get gain someone's trust, and Killing Claw was exactly the way to do it. I think the also, beginning part of his plan made waste, perfect sense. That was a waste of Andy Circus. I actually no, because he did actually have a couple of like crucial moments where he was like very important to the movie. And then, but they, really, if you took him out of the movie, nothing would have changed. Disagree. He is lit- because Killmonger was basically the mastermind behind everything. The only reason he Claw needed to be in the movie was at the very beginning when they were stealing the the uh, vibranium from the museum. Correct. Well, they needed that was the only part where Claw was absolutely needed. He needed to get close to Claw in order to a get vibranium and b to use him to get into Wakanda. So he actually is basically there. It's just a plot device, but a necessary one. A plot device is still a plot device. Well, all movies have plot devices. Yes, but there are good plot devices. There are bad plot devices. I think think this was a bad one. I think this one works for me. I don't know. Like I said, matter of opinion. Right. Um, Movies are subjective. Another another problem I have is with T'Challa's character development. Okay. Because he changed his mind so fast, I spun around in my seat. Well, I think... Well, because he spends the whole movie, right? He's trying to, you know, initially hold up the tradition of Wakanda. And when he meets his father the second time in the ancestral plane, that's clearly the moment of clarity for him. Once his father, he realized his father killed his own brother, he realizes he doesn't necessarily have to uphold those same policies and values, and he can make his own decisions. And he starts to hear basically the argument that Wakabi makes, the argument even that Killmonger makes, the argument that Nakia, his, you know, his true love makes. And that's, by the way, Nakia is not his true love. His true love is Storm. Which, okay. I mean, well, at the moment, they don't have the rights to Storm. For the moment. Give it six months. Well, we'll see. I also would very much like to see Lupita Nyong'o in more of these things. So let's, let's keep that rolling, please. Thank you. Um, I think you can find other uses for Storm other than just that. But Oh, no, I agree. But her as the Queen of Wakanda is amazing. No, but um, it's a... I, I, it's not, it's, it's clearly something that's building over the whole of the movie. He's, there are a lot of things that he goes through in this movie um, to get to that point where he is at the end. Right? He is now the last Black Panther. Uh, just by the fact that Killmonger was stupid enough to burn all the heart-shaped herbs. So congratulations. Um, uh, I guarantee you that won't be happening after Infinity War slash Infinity Gauntlet. I, I guarantee you. There might be more. I don't know. Uh, no, when they, like, revert the timeline. Uh, true. Well, if that's what happens. It, eh, I, probably I'm will. still not 100% certain Killmonger's dead, by the way. No, he's dead. Well, he, we see him drop down, but then we also see T'Challa take him somewhere, but we don't see where. And we already know, based on what we've seen from earlier in the movie, it's possible for the Wakandans to basically take a, a death and bring him back to life. We've seen that with how advanced the technology is. We see that earlier in the movie, and we see it with Bucky also. Like, it's, it's possible. Yeah. We don't know what Shuri's got. Like, he yeah. very well could be alive, and you could very reasonably say so. No, he needed to die for the script. If they turned out to be alive, I'm going to degrade this movie down to an eight. At the same time, don't we want to see T'Challa and Killmonger fight alongside each other in some way? Like, that would be dope. They wouldn't, though. I think, honestly, because I think Killmonger makes a a great series of points as a villain. Like, I I don't think he's wrong. 
he's going about it the wrong way. But I actually think he's like he's right in some ways. Like it's that's what makes him such an interesting villain. At the same time, he's such a cliche villain. It's just a oh, you killed my dad, so I'm gonna usurp your throne and just kill everybody you love. Well, that's his main motivation, but he also feels anger not just over that. But by the fact that Wakanda has these resources and has done nothing while, you know, at people who are of African descent are all around the world fighting for equality. They, there's so much more to it. Right down to the final, the final battle literally takes place on an underground railroad. That layer gets thrown in there. So am I the only person that realized that? I thought it was like. It took shoving it in your face. Hey, underground railroad. It took equality. It took me a while to really like realize the significance of that. As soon as, I, as, soon as the movie thinking. came in, I, like as soon as it was first introduced, then they're like, "Oh yeah, we have an underground mine of vibranium." And I saw the railroad. I was like, "Haha, cool, an underground railroad." And then I was like, "Oh wait, an underground railroad. That's creative." And then the final fight was there, and I was like, "Okay, now." Which is which, and you know. Yeah, I, I think that's brilliant in some of those. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. It was super smart. I give them props right. for that. It was very creative and the, at the same time. It was just you know, and in your face. Winston Duke, the, uh, who plays M'Baku, who is – we'll talk about him later because he crushes it, this movie. Um, he, you know, he said, too, along the lines of, like, Black Panther's suit. Like, Black Panther's suit absorbs kinetic energy and throws it back. He's like, if that's not the, a perfect allegory for oppressed people, I don't know what is. And it, I'm like, everything in this movie has some sort of extra layer. That's why I actually think, I think it's a brilliantly written movie. Are there moments that, you know, are, you know, could stick out a little bit? Maybe, you know, like you said, the, what are those jokes? Yes, but I think there are so many layers to it. It's different from your standard Marvel movie. That's how I know they filmed this movie like three years ago. Well, they did the – no, they shot it, like, last year, but they might have written it. You get what I'm saying. Right. Like, they wrote it, like, three years ago. It was still very funny to me because I did it's, – it's just one we can all relate to. We all remember that Vine. Shout out to Vine. I miss Vine. Vine 2. Vine 2 coming soon. Praise, praise the Lord. Um, but um, there's – like, that's the thing. We, we, we were talking about it last week. Um, before the and during one of our four recordings like phase three has clearly been more about letting filmmakers do what they want within the universe and with the you know with it's it's created the three best marvel movies without the financial constraints placed on um play that perlmutter placed on them just because he was he was notorious for not wanting to spend money led to more creative movies like Black Panther and like Thor Ragnarok. And what do you know? They've worked. And they've been able to invest more in a filmmaker's vision than just the bare minimum. And it's different. The cinematography has been different in Thor than in other Marvel movies. It's been different in Black Panther than other Marvel movies. They have different looks to them than everything else. And it's great. They're just like, hey, we need this and this. The rest of it's up to you. Right. And, And even in Black Panther, they really only... The only real tie to the rest of the universe is like Ross and Bucky, and that's it. Yep. And they leave everything else to its own uh, with those incredible supporting characters. I have not, I, like, they could have done more with Wakabi, and I think we'll see more of it later on. They were shooting this, like, right as Get Out came out, and no one really quite knew what Daniel Kaluuya was, like, truly capable of at that point, and I think he'll get more to do in the sequel. But aside from, like, him, all of those supporting characters 
are are fleshed out. Their motivations are incredibly clear, and they get inc- there's a series of moments to shine. Uh, Letitia Wright as Shuri is hilarious, but just also badass. Just as like the cue of the franchise, they've said this is like the bond of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Shuri is is Bond's cue to creating those gadgets, and she really does walk away with a lot of the movie. Lupita Nyong'o is great. Denai Gurira kicks some serious ass in this movie. She was probably my favorite part. Um, she has two moments in this movie that stick with me. Number one, and I know this was a clip you can go find online, when they're doing the casino fight scene, and she and literally thro- when she throws the wig. That was amazing. Yeah, that was great. That was, black tw- that was a shout-out to Black Twitter in like one shot, and it was amazing. But the moment that gets me, because obviously we, we find out early in the movie, and it's not really fleshed out much, but whatever. Okay, so there's going to be a weird jump cut in the, in the pod here because Jonah decided to call even though he knew I was doing the podcast. Great work. <laughs> Great work all involved. Uh, hopefully it's saved because they didn't bother to give me the... Uh... It, it said it finished recording. Right, but it didn't give me the – I hit the back button, and it did not give me the notification of we'll be back when – we'll let you know when it's ready. So hopefully that'll do that. That would be oh. great. That would be wonderful if it would do that. That should be going in as a draft. If not, then we're really screwed. Yeah. Um, then we might just need to re-record this Black Panther part and apologize to everyone again. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, the – Moment that got okay, me. When she flicked the we set up. No, we were talking about. We find out early in the movie. It's not really fleshed out much because it doesn't have to be. But Okoye and Wakabi are lovers. Yeah. And you know she puts this as when T'Challa's alive. The challenge is still technically not been completed because T'Challa's not dead. And you know she's fighting. Wakabi's fighting for Killmonger, and she puts a spear right up to Wakabi. She goes, he goes, you'd kill me, my love. And she goes, for my country, absolutely. That moment was incredible. Yeah, that was great. Incredible. Like, that just hit me. I was like, whoo. Like, that's exactly what Wakanda is. That's the kind of country Wakanda is. And what the Dora Milaje are as people. They are loyal to their country. Yeah. And it, it was beautiful to watch, actually. An incredible scene. Um, M'Baku, like I said, I never expected to walk away. Like, M'Baku was one of my favorite characters. And here we are. Um, the scene where he just starts barking at Ross, this bark, literally barking at the white man to get him to shut up, is incredible. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's undeniable. Undeniably great stuff. So, um, I'm I'm very, I'm these characters. I'm looking to see, looking forward to seeing more of them in the future. All mm-hmm. of them, like they're all interesting to me. Even the guy, he's got the tribal like disc in his mouth. His fits just kept getting better as the movie went along. Like went from like an orange suit to a turquoise suit. I was like, oh, these fits are are just incredible. The costumes are amazing. Every every fit in this movie is is unbelievably great. Mm-hmm. The cinematography for Rachel Morris is incredible. The production design is amazing. 
Uh, Ryan Coogler assembled a great team and made a great movie. And an incredibly important movie and one of the most financially successful movies of all time already. Mm -hmm. Um, This movie is going to make a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. (laughs) That's insane to me. The number, we talked about it last week. It was was the most uh, hilarious and depressing thing at the same time. When Black Panther opened and in four days totally outgrossed Justice League for its entire domestic theatrical run. I've never seen a more sad yet hysterical thing in my life. And to also state something from last week that we meant to talk about, uh, that's why Flashpoint is going to reboot everything. Correct. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, the, I mean, like we said, we gave this a very high score. You gave it a 9. I gave it a 9.25. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's right at the top of the Marvel Universe. I think it's my favorite Marvel movie. I might need to rewatch it to reconfirm, but it's... The music, the score is great. The the shades of the you hear a lot of like the motifs from the Lion King. It, Do you want to know why? Because the dude that wrote the score literally went to Africa, correct, and listened to their music. So it's just African music, right? Um, it was great. It fit. It fit. It was great. Uh, the Kendrick music did fit. They only used like three songs. Uh, I couldn't the, even tell when they were playing Kendrick music. Honestly, the cut of ops that they used. Um, with the they mix in the score, but in the background you can still hear Kendrick and Vince Stables with the ops on the radar. You're dead to me. Like during the car chase was dope. I wish they would release that that edit of it because it was actually really great. So, yeah. um, yeah, Black Panther. Do you have anything you want to you want to say? I give it like an eight and a half, nine out of ten. It's not my favorite Marvel movie. It's at the top though. I know it's good. It is good. Right. I think um, in terms... The more I think about it, the more problems I have with it. Right. Um, I still think it's a good movie, though. Yeah. Um, the, I think in terms of just single movie character development, I think it probably is the best in the, in the Marvel Universe. It's not, not a single movie character development, though. For the most part, it is. But really like, not... Well, the, the death of T'Chaka obviously happens in Civil War, but I, I'm just talking about in terms, really, of the like the supporting characters, too. Like, like they have the most... I, I, sure, I, don't think, I don't think there's a Marvel movie with more interesting characters, just number-wise, than this one does. Yeah. Uh, other, than, other than, like, Civil War, but that's a totally different sort of ballgame that we're talking about. Yeah. Like, in terms of just, like, a, a standalone, like, origin-type movie, it, I, there's not one with more interesting characters than this one. Like, Iron Man 2 certainly wasn't as interesting. So. I still don't think Iron Man 2 is the worst. I, I tend to agree with you. I think the worst is probably Thor, the second Thor. Screw Thor the Dark World. That movie stinks. It's okay. I'm, I should say it stinks. It's, it's okay. It's it's still it's... better than the majority of the DCEU. Yeah. So. Well, all right. This is going to be uh this is going to wrap this up. Hopefully, the first 2 hours recorded. If not, we're going to be very upset. We'll just re-record it the, tomorrow or maybe not Saturday all 2 hours of it, but we'll figure it out. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. We're going to get this done. We're actually going to have yeah. something come out this week. 
All right, TJ. Now, we already basically gave our sign-offs. We already told the great people where they could find us online. So, uh, what we're going to do here, guys, go enjoy movies this weekend, whichever you see. If you're going to see Black Panther again, enjoy it. If you're going to see Nightwish, enjoy it. If you're going to see Red Sparrow, enjoy it. I've heard good things. I've heard iffy things, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, the book is really good. Enjoy some music. I know, uh, matter-of-factly, that uh, there's some new Ray Shremmerd tracks out there, out, out, out in the world. If not, just go listen to, uh, like, Drake's look, Drake and Black Boys Look Alive. It's actually solid. The last, the, wow, Drake does a feature, and that's what gets him back on track. I'm stunned. Is this, this can't be, like, all that actually dropped today, like, music-wise. This has got to be Spotify still looking to update, because that's just, that's just bad, if that's all that came out today. Guys, there might, uh, this might also be a trash music week. I hate to do this to all of you guys. Um, oh, excuse me. No, incorrect. There's a new feature, future track, so go listen to that. Boom. And I think Tory, Tory Lane's new album, go listen to that. Make it work. If not, we're, we got King's Dead coming right up at the end here. Guys, thank you guys so much for listening, and enjoy the movies.